Ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. Hello, and welcome to episode 226 of Public Interest Podcast with your host, Jordan Cooper, where we interview politicians, activists, advocates, and others who seek to improve the state of the world. We're here today with Dr. Stuart Edelstein, Executive Director at the Universities at Shady Grove in Shady Grove, Maryland, and an Associate Vice Chancellor for Academic Affairs at the University System of Maryland. Stu, how are you doing? I'm doing fine, thank you. So we're in Montgomery County, Maryland. Exactly. Thank you for joining us here today. Absolutely, my pleasure. So the first question I'd like to pose to you is, what are you currently doing, or what have you ever done to advance the public interest, and why? So um, I consider myself to be an educator. Um, I have been an educator for most of my professional life, working first at College Park, um, and then now at University of Shady Grove. We are an educational institution providing higher education services to the Montgomery County and greater region. We provide baccalaureate and graduate degrees to students who want to get those degrees so they can advance their professional lives and their careers. And we provide support to the community that is looking for talent and looking for people who have skills um, so they can hire them and advance their their business, business interests and, and their company's interests. So what we're doing is providing talent. We're in the talent development business. The talent development business, interesting. So not only are you creating, you're really creating job readiness programs for students here, is that basically? We are providing students with an academic credential that um, is required for their career and for their work, and we're providing them with opportunities to get uh, experience in the world of work um, in, in companies and organizations where they intend to make a difference. So sometimes in the world of the liberal arts education, uh, the idea is that you're creating a whole person ready to enter into society. Um, but in this case, um, you're really focused on trying to get somebody to become a productive member of the economy. Yeah, well, they're not, they're not different from each other. Getting a good liberal education is important. Um, all of our students go through degree programs by, by the non-universities that offer their degrees here. There's a fairly significant, in baccalaureate level at least, a liberal arts component. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's writing and communication, and there's understanding the world. And you need to understand all of those things to be effective mm-hmm. uh, and to be productive. So it's not that we're providing um, a technical education only or a career without an understanding of the context in which you're working. So this education that we provide, particularly at the baccalaureate level, is a very is a very broad education and it provides not just skills but understanding. So how is it that does the relationship have existing does the university have existing relationships with small and large businesses in the area? Absolutely. So we have um, relationships with many different country companies and many different industries. We do a lot of work with the health industry. We do a lot of work with the hospitality industry. Mm-hmm. A lot of businesses come here and recruit students in accounting and marketing and communication. Uh, companies know that the students here are getting good education. They're getting education from the public universities in the state of Maryland that are high quality, so the degrees are high quality, the students are well educated, mm-hmm. uh, and we make sure that while they're here, they get as much opportunities for experiential learning, internships, and project-based learning, so they're engaged in the community, so they understand the professions, and of course they come here with an, uh, with a, with an understanding and an interest in a certain field. 
field. And what we do is we pursue that relationship with the organizations, the work organizations in the region that are looking for skilled labor. So in yesterday's economy, you often had individuals join a company after school and stay with them throughout the entire course of their life, often having a four-decade-long or more career with that company. And in exchange, that company would see that individual, know that, that that individual would be with them for the course of their career, and would invest in the education of that individual. If somebody joined IBM in 1965, you know, by 2005, maybe they're retiring, but right there at the beginning, they're getting an education about whatever it is that they need to learn in order to do their job. There now, of course, many, uh, the economy has changed, and many individuals change jobs every year or two, um, in which case... Uh, companies find it no longer, often case, don't find it worth their while to invest in educating a new workforce that will quickly uh, leave their own company and thereby shifting uh, some of the educational, educational burden into higher education. Have you found this to be the case in your experience and how has higher education adapted to this need to get students ready to, to hit the ground running when they enter the yeah. workforce? That's a lot of, that's a, that's a lot of questions. Um, it is true that that uh, people will change careers in their lifetime two, three, four times. Uh, we have students who come to University of Grove. Uh, I'll give you a good example in nursing. Um, we have students. Sorry. Um, we have students um, who come here who don't have a nursing degree, mm-hmm. um, but they have a degree in a different field. And they come back because they want to change their careers and they want to go into the health professions. Similarly, we have people who have worked in a variety of fields and they've decided they want to make a change. And many of them want to go to education. So we have, we have several programs at the master's level where if you come in with a certain bachelor's degree, you can go into this program and get a teaching certification in the field that you have expertise and get a job in the school system. So we work um, with our university partners to, um, to accommodate what we know is the changing world of work uh-huh. and the fact that people come in with different interests. And in terms of businesses, I think p- businesses understand the importance of making an investment uh-huh. in an individual, especially the students who come here because they're local. So they're interested in working locally. They're interested in getting a job where they can continue their lives and their families. Uh-huh. They're from this community. They want to make the community better. Um, So I think companies will work with us because they want to train uh, people who they can attract into their companies. And, of course, they'd like them to stay. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think the other way of thinking about it is that if you have industries, like we have a large biotech, bioscience, biopharma industry, it's good to have a high concentration of companies Mm -hmm. so people move back and forth across these companies given the opportunities. And the companies grow because there's a larger workforce that they can recruit from and attract. You mentioned a lot of the students who attend the universities at Shady Grove are local. Can you speak, first of all, about what the universities at Shady Grove actually is and why someone might choose to attend school here? Yeah. So we are a, we call ourselves a partnership campus. We are um, a partnership of nine public universities that come uh, into Montgomery County. They offer their degrees 
uh, to people in the county who, who need those degrees to be able to advance their careers. So if you're, and, and we work very closely with the school system and with the community college, we, we talk about education and career pathways. So, so students who come here to complete their baccalaureate degree will complete uh, the junior and senior year, and they will get a degree from one of our university partners. So as an example, if you are um, pursuing an accounting degree, you start at Montgomery College, you're in the business program, uh, taking courses there, you articulate to a program here, University of Maryland College Park, University of Maryland University College, both offer accounting degrees here, you be you you ask for admission. You um, apply for admission to College Park or to UMUC. College Park must admit you. You come here. You take the curriculum that College Park offers. It's College Park faculty that teach. At the end, when you graduate, you're getting a degree from the University of Maryland College Park with a major in accounting. Nowhere on your diploma does the State University of Shady Grove because we don't offer degrees. We provide the infrastructure, we supply the classrooms, the support services for all of our university partners so that anybody that can come here can get what they need so they don't have to leave Montgomery County to get a degree from one of the best universities um, in the country. So to sum it up, students come here due to the geographical convenience of this location? The convenience, the fact that many of them have challenges because they're working, they're supporting themselves, they're supporting their families. Uh, it is a very cost-effective way of getting a degree because you started the community college, the tuition there is lower, you come here to the university. We have connections to the industries in the region, mm -hmm. so we can help you to get access to internships and eventually to jobs. And so this is a way of expanding the, the reach of our university partners that are not located here physically mm -hmm. um, and provide their brands, their, their degrees, um, so the students can represent themselves as having the training, having the education to be able to compete for jobs in the region. This is a very uh, this is a very um, important economic region for the state of Maryland. There's a lot of industries here. They're looking for talent. They're looking for local talent because that's much, much more effective of trying to recruit somebody who lives here than trying to recruit somebody from out of the state who may come in and then may not stay because their, their roots are not here. Sure. So how, what, is your, what happens to graduates? You've been around for a, a little while. To what extent have your graduates been successful at finding and uh, stable employment and keeping that employment? I think they're extremely uh, um, successful. One, the students who come here know what they want. They know why they want it. Many of them have had some challenges in getting access to a degree because they are working, uh, because they had to stop out at some point, uh, because they don't follow sort of a direct pathway. Um, so in, in the work that we've done, we think probably about 90% of the students who come here are actually working in the region, Montgomery County. They're working concurrent with their education. In concurrent, well, they're working while they're students, clearly, but when they graduate, they're getting jobs in the fields that they have gotten their degrees in, and they're advancing their careers. So they're staying local. Many of them will go on to graduate school, and if there's a graduate program here, about one-third of the students will actually come back for graduate work to advance their careers beyond that. Now, on the topic of access to higher education, former President Barack Obama once spoke in a State of the Union address about providing free community college education to all Americans. 
uh, do you have any, and of course you mentioned that, that uh, individuals come here both straight out of the public education system that ends in 12th grade and out of a uh, community college associate's degree program. Do you have any thoughts on uh, ac- access to higher education, if higher education is accessible, to what extent cost is a barrier, and the role in a state or federal government in uh, offsetting that cost for students? Well, so um, I think costs, I think financing is a big issue for students. Um, it's, a very, it's, it's becoming more and more expensive and prohibitive to go to college if you don't come from a family that has uh, has, a, has, a, has a high income. Students have to work. They have to support themselves and supporting their families. So I think the burden um, of, of the cost of education is a public policy issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, here at University of Shady Grove, our university partners, when they admit students, uh, provide them with financial support, uh, whether it's federal financial support or Pell Grant, or whether it's scholarship support, or it's some other kinds of financial aid. We also at University of Shady Grove provide scholarships mm-hmm. uh, for students who come here to reduce the amount of uh, financial burden and also to help them so that they can put more of their energies into full-time work, mm-hmm. full-time study. In many cases, students are taking a full-time load and also working, but we're trying to support them so they can complete their education. The idea here is to come here, we're accessible, uh, we provide a lot of services. The idea is to get them through their educations so they can get into a job and pursue their lives. And financial issues are a concern, and we do as much as we can to support them, and I know our university partners do the same thing. It's a public policy issue. Should there be more support for education? Yes. Education is a public good. It will advance the society. It will advance the economy. It will will advance our growth. It's also a private good. Um, These individuals who come here are going to advance their lives, and they'll probably make more money as a consequence of getting an education. The question is, is money an impediment in their being able to enter a higher education and complete a degree? And I would say to you, it is. So if you were sitting in front of a taxpayer in Montgomery County, Maryland right now, some of whom may be listening to this episode, uh, and you were to be arguing, as you just said, for greater financial assistance potentially to completely uh, offset the cost of of higher education for Marylanders or or potentially just for the associate's degree at a a community college, whatever level of funding, presume that the, the Maryland budget is already tapped out, and that in order to provide this assistance and ensure that all Marylanders have access to publicly funded higher education, uh, there would need to be a tax increase. How would you pitch uh, that tax increase to businesses and to voters uh, in Montgomery County? So a tax increase um, is above my pay grade, um, but I would say a couple of things. One, to the to the people who pay taxes. Um, and support our state and our county, um, I, I thank you for the work, and I thank you for the investment. Montgomery County makes an incredibly large investment in its education system. It understands that education is its future, and education for all of its residents is extremely important. So there's a, a lot of funding that goes into the, the school system, the community college system. Is it enough? I don't, I don't know if it's enough. There probably is more money that can be used 
um, to support more students. The state of Maryland supports the higher education system extremely well by supporting the schools, supporting community college, and supporting the university system. Um, I, I, would, I would not personally be a proponent of um, free public higher education. I don't think that's necessary. I do think that um, for those who can't afford to go, a needs test, mm-hmm. uh, a needs requirement is important. There are some who can afford um, to go and there's some who can't afford to go. The issue is we want to nurture talent. We want to, we want, don't want to lose people who can't uh, develop themselves, not because they're not smart, not because they're not committed, mm-hmm. not because they don't want to be able to advance their lives, but because of, there's a, a financial burden. We need to deal with that issue and we need to do more. So we need to make an investment. How we make that investment, I think that's an interesting partnership issue between the private sector, the public sector, and the individuals who are benefiting um, from getting degrees. So you make the point that individuals who are smart but without financial means ought to be able to attend college. But that begs the question, what about everyone else? So I'd like to ask you, Stu, should every resident of Montgomery County, Maryland have a bachelor's degree? No. I don't think that that's necessary. I think everybody should have an education that gives them an opportunity for a quality life um, and for a job. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the job may not require a bachelor's degree. There, there are many, many jobs out there um, that require some training after high school, mm-hmm. but not necessarily um, uh, a degree that gets you a good job and gets you a satisfied job. Work is important in terms of your own self-worth, your own self-image. It also produces income so you can live a good life. But these are all important things. And our education system needs to take an individual and give them the skills that they need to advance themselves. It's not necessary that they get a, get a, get a bachelor's degree. Now, having said that, if a person graduates from high school and decides to become a plumber or auto mechanic mm-hmm. or any other skilled trade, that's fabulous. Those are important jobs. The society needs people with those skill sets. If they get into the industries and they decide they want to advance and do more, and doing more requires them to get a degree, fine. We should be able to make that degree available to them any time in their life uh, that they want it. So this this under, this belief that there's one pathway mm-hmm. um, and that it's from high school to, to higher education, I don't believe that that's the way the world works. I think we need to make sure that students who are coming out of our education system have an understanding of the world of work and have an opportunity to get a job. And that generally requires some training post high school. So Stu, I'd like to transition to the topic of your life. We haven't yet had an opportunity to explore why it is that you're sitting here. Why have you been so interested in higher education? And were you always, when you were at the uh, very beginning of your career, were you always interested in getting into the administration of higher education? Uh, Well, I started out my life as a music um, major. Um, I went to a, a high school in New York City in which you were either a music or an art major, and I loved music, and I one time thought about becoming um, a professional musician. What did that, you play? That didn't happen. Um, I didn't think I had the discipline 
uh, to do that. And I saw people who were much more talented than I am, much more devoted uh, to music as a profession. Music is a part of my life. Uh -huh. um, I think I, I, I love it. I will never lose all of the good things that it provides me. But I made a shift, and I decided I want to be a chemistry major because I was thinking of, about how behavior could be impacted by by chemistry. Well, I went to, I went to uh, University of Maryland, uh, University of Buffalo um, as a chemistry major. That didn't work out. Um, I had a couple of major accidents in the laboratory, and they <laughs> graciously invited me to leave chemistry. A singed uh, eyebrow or two, perhaps. Uh, pardon me. A singed eyebrow or two, perhaps. Uh, I would say more than a singed eyebrow. Um, <laughs> um, and uh, they they suggested I change majors, and I became a psychology major. But when I was in um, when I was in higher education as an undergraduate, I got involved in student politics. I got involved in student government. Um, I began to understand what higher education is all about, and education changes lives. Education changes communities. I'm interested, and I devoted my life and my career to providing education to anybody who needs it, because I know that if I can do that, I can make a significant change in the quality of a person's life in the quality of a community and in the quality of the society that we live in. And that's my, that's my goal. Um, that's how I make a difference in life, by helping others to, to get the skills and get the opportunities to make a difference in their lives. Because if they do that, we will have a better society. So what makes you so, inter I guess, so you find it meaningful and fulfilling to as you say, improve the quality of our community and our society and another person's life. That's, that's not something that everybody uh, has subscribed to. You found, do you have any stories about how, you've, how building communities or society or helping an individual get that job and build the sort of life they want? Do you have any, I guess, uplifting stories that demonstrate how it has contributed to or created a more meaningful life for you? For me or for the people who, who have come here and had the opportunity to change their lives because they've been given an education? Well, I guess uh, from your perspective, I suppose, since this is a topic, public interest yeah. podcast, how we're advancing the public interest yeah. and why that is actually also in our own self-interest. Well, my dad was a teacher and I learned a great deal from him about his commitment to, to the students who he had. He was a high school teacher, he was a basketball coach. Um, he, he had a, a great interest in all of his students and in, and in teaching the quality of what it means to be a good human being. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's part of the work um, that we do. Many students that have come here who have struggled in their lives to get an education um, have been uh, immensely benefited from the opportunities they get here. They go back into their communities. They talk about their successes. They've got their brothers and their sisters and their cousins. Um, and, and they're examples. They're role models uh, for people who said, I can't do what you did. And they come back and they say, yes, you can. And I can show you how to do that. University of Shitty Grove is one of the places where you can go and get a high-quality education, get support, and get opportunities, not only for you, mm -hmm. but for, for your family and for your community to, to, make, to make a difference. And we have, we have numerous examples of students who come here who have gone on to be very successful and to have given back by their example and who have worked with us to work with students 
in the, in the high schools, students in the community college, working with parents who don't speak the language, who don't know the education system, but they, they know the languages. They go back and they talk with them about how they can make a difference in their kids' lives. Everybody wants to improve the quality of their lives. Not everybody knows how to do that. So as we approach the end of this podcast, a final two-part question for you. I'd like you to suppose that you're speaking to a community of students at USG, and I'd like you to speak to them about why it has been meaningful and important for you to work to advance the public interest through higher education, and ultimately what you hope will be have, will become the impact of your work, what your legacy will be. Right. So if I talk to students, if I'm speaking to them today, I would say, uh, you you make me proud um, of your work, your hard work, you have grit, you have perseverance, you are going to be the future leaders of this community, you're going to be the leaders of the organizations uh, that are going to make this community better. Um, being here, uh, we're giving you as much as we can to support your lives and your careers, and you have a responsibility to give back to give back while you're here, and more importantly, to give back throughout your life to support others who who want an education, who need education, and you have a, a, a commitment to give back to the community in public service, in community service, and in the work that you do in the organizations that you work in. And that has been Dr. Stuart Edelstein, the Executive Director at the Universities of Shady Grove and an Associate Vice Chancellor for Academic Affairs at the University System of Maryland, who speaks about a lifetime of improving the quality of community, quality of society, and the quality of a person's life by providing an education that becomes, in a way, a gateway to uh, finding a satisfying job, to promoting uh, self-worth, uh, and to uh, creating a means for an individual to support himself or herself and have a high quality of life. Stu speaks about uh, a responsibility that he feels uh, to give back to the community and support others, and he hopes to pass that sense of responsibility on to what he calls future leaders of the community who currently are students uh, at University of Shady Grove. So in a sense, uh, Stuart speaks about advancing the public interest by creating individuals the opportunity to actualize their own potential. So, Stuart, I'd like to thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me, and I appreciate the work that you're doing. This has been another episode of Public Interest Podcast with your host, Jordan Cooper, where we interview politicians, activists, advocates, and others who seek to improve the state of the world. I'll remind you to subscribe on publicinterestpodcast.com and on iTunes, leave a review of this podcast on iTunes and listen on Stitcher, SoundCloud, CastBox, Blueberry, Player FM, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and YouTube. Should you wish to comment on this episode, you're welcome to leave a voicemail at 240-630-0380. And the first three minutes of that voicemail may be played in future episodes of Public Interest Podcast. Should you wish to support the podcast, you're welcome to leave a contribution in an amount that you feel comfortable with at publicinterestpodcast.com. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk to you next time.